Welcome to Victory, a place to call home. We're here to help people find and follow Jesus, and we are so glad that you are listening. Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob, Joseph being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Another translation says Joseph brought an evil report. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all of his children because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a tunic or a coat of many colors. This brother was bad. I don't know if it was Chanel, if it was Gucci. I don't know if it was Tom Ford. But he had a tunic of many colors. When his brothers saw it, that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. How many of y'all know what it's like? Now Joseph had a dream. Joseph, I'm going to read that again. Now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, please hear this dream, which I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheave arose and stood upright. And indeed, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brother said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then Joseph, he dreamed still another dream. And he told it to his brothers and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time, the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and to his brothers. And his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come and bow low to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him. But his father kept the matter in mind. I want to preach to you for a few moments this morning, not just a sermon, but I believe that this is a sermon uh, that has a prophetic urge, a prophetic urgency, a prophetic um, message that is in it. And here's the title of my message this morning The Dream Season the dream season. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have to gather together today and worship and around your word. Lord, thank you, Lord, for um, this wonderful gathering of your people. I thank you, Lord, that you are here in the midst of us, as your word says, when we gather together. Father, I ask God that you would speak, Lord, in this moment. We haven't come just to a service, to sing a song, to hear a sermon, but we've come to hear from heaven. And so, Father, we ask, Lord, that you would speak mightily in this moment today. Bless me as I share what you've given me to share, and bless the hearers, your people, Lord, in this moment today. Father, we thank you for what you will do as a result of this message, as a result of this word that you're sending forth today in Jesus' name. Amen? 
I don't know if you know this, uh, but this coming Thursday, September 22nd, is the beginning of the fall season. Amen. How many of y'all love the fall season? Uh, it's gonna, they're going to be uh, cooler, yeah, cooler, cooler temperatures, right? And uh, the leaves change. And in Shenandoah Valley, it's beautiful. We, have, we live in one of the most beautiful places in the world. The leaves change colors and they fall to the ground. And so for some of y'all, it's flannel season. Come on. Flannel season. Some of y'all, it's bonfire season. Yeah. And others of you, um, you just like pumpkin. Everything pumpkin. It's like pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice candles. Pumpkin spice coffee. Pumpkin, you know, shrines at your house that you've decorated. And potpourri and pumpkins everywhere. In my house, too. I know. Um, and as wonderful as the fall season is, uh, it does not last forever. God is a God of seasons and of time. In the scripture, it says that in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. The scriptures say that when God created the heavens and the earth, that he created seed, time, and harvest. God is in his genius, he has created the times and the seasons. There's this cycle of seasons, winter, spring, summer, and fall. And if you don't like that particular season, just hang around a little bit longer and you will go into the next season at about three months. This continuous cycle is the way that nature works, but I want to encourage you that it's not just the way that nature works, it's also the way that your life works. See, there are seasons in your life, and with each new seasons, season comes a unique set of characteristics, of opportunities, a unique set of challenges that we must face. You've experienced seasons in your life. Many of you have experienced seasons of loss. Maybe it's a season of victory that you're going through. Maybe you're in a, a season of doubting or a season of discouragement, but there's also seasons of joy and seasons of celebration. Come on, there is uh, seasons of struggle, but there's also seasons of growth. There's seasons of hard work, but there's also seasons of rest and rejuvenation. Just as nature has seasons, your life has seasons too. And I want to share with you over the next uh, few weeks this collection of teachings that we've entitled Strength for Every Season. Strength for Every Season. And we are going to look at the life of a man named Joseph because in his story, we can find out how he discovered strength for each season that he entered into and the strength that sustained him to make it through the seasons of his life. Joseph was an incredible man, and he accomplished and achieved many things. He rose from the ashes. He rose from nothing. He was sold by his brothers into slavery in Egypt, and he was an ex-convict in another uh, part of the story, another season of the story. But then he rose to prominence to be the second in command in the most powerful nation in the world in his day. 
His journey is one of love and of betrayal and yet of restoration. And ultimately, his journey is a story of his great passion for his God. Every step toward his promise required him to contend with difficult seasons until his dream became a reality. And this collection of teaching, my prayer for you is that you would be encouraged, equipped, inspired, and empowered with the necessary tools that it takes to identify, to understand, and to endure through every season in your faith journey. This morning, I want to share with you this message entitled, The Dream Season. I believe that God wants to awaken the dreamers. I believe that God has a divinely designed dream that he is wanting to give each and every one of us. In our time together, I want you to consider this truth from our text today, and it's this. Strength for every season is set in motion by a God-designed dream. You see, your dream can sustain you when your situation wants to derail you. If you have a God-given and a God-designed dream, it, is, it sets in motion the plans and the purposes that God has for your life. At the beginning of this chapter, we find uh, this man named Jacob. He's a patriarch. Um, J- Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob is the son of Isaac, and, and God has promised God's people to, to take them into a land of promise. He has promised them that their descendants would be as the sand of the seashore and that you could not even number them. He has told them that their future would be great. Jacob is around 108 years old at the beginning of the story, and his favorite son, Joseph, is now 17 years old. The story opens with this young man feeding the flock, and he comes along his, uh, where his half-brothers are, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. And these young men are doing something evil, but it's no surprise to those of us, if you would study the scripture here, uh, that they have uh, this evil bent to them because they were guilty of murder in Genesis chapter 34. They were guilty of incest in Genesis chapter 35, of hatred in Genesis 37, of envy in Genesis 37, 11, and immorality in Genesis 38. They sold Joseph and lied about his death to his father. Now Israel loved, or Jacob loved uh, Joseph. And he, the Bible says he loved him more than any of his sons. So he gave him a coat of many colors. He was bad, y'all. He was, he was, he was well-dressed. And, and uh, he was, he, he took, they, in those days, just like in our, our days today, and it's not, I know it's familiar, um, your, clothes was a, your clothes were a status symbol. So if you wanted to project yourself as important, significant, and as special, then you have a certain dress that you have to you. Now this... Uh, particular uh, coat uh, was a long coat. If, if, if you study it, it was a long coat with long sleeves. And this signified or it differentiated um, Joseph from his brothers. It, it, it showed that he was in a place of superiority. He was in a super, uh, supervisory role. Um, this robe would not allow you to do heavy work, but basically to provide supervision. And he, he came up uh, to his brothers and 
and they were doing something evil, and he reported back to his father what they were doing. And then he begins, the scripture talks about how it shares how Joseph began to dream. And this is what I want to talk to you about today. If this is going to be a dream season that is going to strengthen you through your journey in life, I want to point out to you this morning three distinctives of a dreamer. Three distinctives of a dreamer. Dreamers, first and foremost, we find from this text, is dreamers, uh, they dream now. I love this. Genesis chapter 37, verse 5. Now Joseph had a dream. Now Joseph had a dream. God has designed you to dream. And he has designed you to dream now for your generation, for this hour, for this moment, for this time that you are on the earth. Joseph received a God design and a God given dream. God has designed a dream for everyone at every stage of life. He has left no one out. Each and every one of us, he is wanting to give a dream. Now, when I say a dream, I want to share with you this morning that the dream is not some narrow definition of a dream where we find in this story where it's like he dreams, he's asleep, right, and he gets this dream. I want to talk to you about a dream this morning that God is giving that is giving you insight and understanding and perception, revelation into what is yet to come in your life, plans that he has yet to perform things that he has yet to do in and through your life. God wants you to dream and he wants you to dream now. In this all about me world that we live in, oftentimes we have a misconception of what it is to have a God-given dream. We mistakenly assume that our dreams are about us and about us only. But the very best dreams are the dreams that benefit others. You see, Joseph had gotten this dream alone, but this dream wasn't for him alone. This dream was given to him for the benefit of others. And that's the best dreams that you and I can have. A true dream from the heart of God has a whole lot more to do with uplifting and blessing and benefiting and helping others than you realize. There's a real possibility that if your dreams only bless and benefit you, that they are simply an idea. They are not a God-designed dream. Your dream is a gift from God to you and to others. This is powerful right here. Listen, Joseph, you know what his name was? His name could be translated this way. Jehovah has given. In other words, uh, Joseph, his name meant uh, God's gift. And, and I want to tell you this morning that you are a gift to someone. When you are a dreamer, you are God's gift to someone else. So every time that they would go around and they have to name the name Joseph, his brothers, even though they hated him, they were saying, you are God's gift. How do you think that went over? What do you think? God, you're God's gift to us? Well, yeah, actually, I am God's gift. 
You see, because your dream that God has given to you is intended by God to be a gift not only to you but to others. What are your dreams? What are the things that God has put in your heart? God will always give you a preview of his purpose for your life. God's dream will come to you, but it's your responsibility to take a hold and embrace that your dream is for the good of others. So I want you to start dreaming. This is a dream season. God is going to open up your understanding in this season. God, and we are stepping into a new season, the Lord told me, that his people are going to begin to dream. His people are going to dream, and they're going to dream now. God is saying, this is not a dream that is just for one of you or two of you, but God wants to give you his dream for your life. Stop dreaming And you're going to alter the course of future events intended to bring hope and blessing to others. But if you start dreaming, expect a brighter, better future. Imagine if Joseph would not have dreamed. If he would have never dreamed, then the famine would have come on the land and his people would have died. People would have perished. There would have been no hope for humanity. And perhaps the Redeemer, the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ, who would come through the lineage of Joseph, would have never been born if Joseph had not dreamed. Imagine if Joseph had not dreamed. Imagine if Martin Luther King Jr. would not have dreamed. What would be the state of the affairs in our country today? What if Thomas Edison would not have dreamed we would be in darkness today? What if the great men of God, the great women of God, the great uh, people of God in the history throughout the church would not have dreamed? Think of people like Martin Luther. Think about people like John Wesley. Think about people uh, like Jonathan Edwards who, who, who sparked the great revival, the great awakening in America. Think about people like uh, William J. Seymour that, that began the Pentecostal movement or Amy Simple McPherson who led an incredible church on the West Coast. All of us were designed to dream and we were designed to dream now. And if we do not dream, there are people who will not receive the benefits and the blessings that God wants to bring in this generation. And many of you, you understand what it means to dream for people who cannot dream for themselves. You see, Joseph was dreaming, but his brothers weren't. His brothers either either wouldn't or couldn't dream, but Joseph was dreaming for them when they couldn't dream for themselves. And you as parents, you understand this because you dream for success for your children. You dream for blessing for your children. You dream that your children will know God and walk with him. You dream for happy days. You dream for a future and a purpose for them. And you pray this over them. And you're dreaming for them even before they're mature enough to dream for themselves. God has called you to dream for those who cannot dream for themselves. God is awakening the dreamers. Hear his word today. God has designed you to dream, and he's designed you to dream now. Dreamers determine to dream now. Secondly, the second distinctive of a dreamer is that dreamers dream big. Dreamers dream big. 
God has designed you to dream big. God-sized dreams are, in the beginning, they seem impossible and improbable, improbable, but eventually they become inevitable. Because if they are given by God, then the dream will come to pass. God has given many of you dreams. And if God gives you a dream, believe God for a big dream. Why? Because big dreams accomplished, they must be accomplished with God's help. You must depend on God if you're going to have a big dream because you will not be able to do it in your own strength and in your own ability. And this is where many of us stop to dream. This is where many of us give up on our dream because we think that we are incapable, we are, uh, we are unqualified, we think that we cannot possibly be a recipient of a God-given, God-designed dream. But let me tell you something this morning, God chooses who he uses and God wants to give dreams, big dreams for people who will give him the glory because when it's all said and done and when the dream is accomplished, God will get the glory and God will get the glory alone. This boy was dreaming, listen to this, of the sun, the moon, and the stars. His dreams were literally out of this world. His dreams were beyond him. They were at another level. They were at another dimension. They were beyond who he was and where he was, even at this precise moment in his life. And God will give you a dream beyond your present mindset. He'll give a dream beyond your present mentality and beyond your present reality. God will give you dreams. He gives you these dreams, though, because he has designed your dream to depend on him. Big dreamers, listen to this, though. This is what you can expect as a big dreamer. Big dreamers produce big haters. Big dreamers produce big haters. You must never be surprised or alarmed to discover that when your dream is awakened within you, that your dream killers arise against you. Joseph's brothers, they hated him because of the favor that his father had shown to him, but they also hated him because of his dreams. You see, big dreams attract big haters. They hated his dreams, but they didn't just hate his dream. They hated the fact that he articulated his dreams. He had the audacity, the unmitigated gall, the temerity to say, I am going to dream big dreams. God has big dreams for my life. And he begins to articulate them. This is what he said. He said, I had a dream that my sheath was there and it stood up and your sheath bowed down before my sheath. And then he began to dream that the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed down. This is the interpretation of the dream. It meant that his father and his mother would bow down to him, and his 11 brothers would bow down to him. He had big dreams even beyond his present reality. God will give you big dreams. But don't be shocked that when your dreams arise within you, that your dream killers arise against you. They did this um, experiment. These scientists did this experiment I was reading about, and uh, they put a bunch, a group of monkeys in a room, and they put a pole in the middle of that room, and they put a bunch of ripe bananas, yellow bananas, beautiful ones, right there on top of that pole, and they put this 
uh, group of monkeys in the room, and they had a guy hiding behind the wall that every time one of those monkeys would try to scale that pole, that, uh, that person was behind that wall, and they would jump out with a fire hose, and they'd begin to knock those monkeys down. So the first monkey goes up to the pole. Boom, he gets knocked up off the pole, falls down. The second one's looking around. The second one comes up there. Same thing. Boom, knocked down. The third one, the fourth one, and on and on and on. To the point where eventually got to the place where when one monkey would try to climb that pole, the other ones would just drag him down. You can't climb that pole. Don't do it. And then what they began to do is these scientists replaced each monkey with one more monkey. So they put a new monkey into the mix, a monkey that had never experienced uh, the hose blast from the water hose, and they, they brought him in, and that monkey would try to climb up off that pole, and the monkeys would grab him down and pull him down to the point where they began to replace all the monkeys that had experienced the, the fire uh, hose, and eventually every single monkey in that room, although they did not know why, they could not aspire to reach those bananas. You see, when you have big dreams, you'll experience big haters. They'll tell you why you can't dream. They'll tell you why you can't do it. They'll tell you why it could never come to pass. But if God has given you a dream, he has given you a dream that is big enough for him to bring it to pass. Dream killers. We all have them. People who are consumed by jealousy. They hated him because of his dream. They hated him because of the favor of the father that was on his life. They, these dream killers, they felt threatened. They were consumed by jealousy. They despised Joseph's destiny most of all. When you have a dream killer in your life, don't let it discourage you because basically what it means is they believe in you. Never let a dream killer keep you from dreaming. They believe in you. They perceive his destiny was greater than them and that they were, fe they were fearful that they would actually have to bow down to him one day. And in God's sovereign plan and through an incredible series of events, I was made pastor of this church. <laughs> but it was all a dream. It started as a dream. I perceived and saw a picture of my future before it even came to pass. I dreamed when I, got, when I first got saved at 19 years old, I saw myself, I visualized myself preaching. I saw myself, I had a dream that I was standing on the footsteps of the Washington Monument and preaching, or the Capitol building, and I was preaching to a multitude of people. You see, God will give you a picture and a perception of the plans that he has for your life. And when I took leadership of this church, there was a lot of people who did not believe in the dream. They didn't believe in our church. Maybe they thought that our best days were behind us. They thought that our brightest days were in the past. We were in an impossible situation, perhaps, in the natural realm. But listen to this. Our dilemma was the birthing of our desperation. And then we began to dream. 
We began to dream of brighter days. We began to dream of a greater future. We began to dream of a church that was so full of the love of God that people from all over this community, from various backgrounds, from various religious affiliations, people from all over this community would gather together, multi-ethnic and multi-racial, would gather together in this place and they would see the presence and sense the presence of God released and the power of God filled this place and they would, uh, they would be changed, their lives would be changed. We dreamed of a church who would minister to families all over this community through childcare and although we were doing that in some respects, we dreamed of a full-time daycare and can I tell you and can I report to you today, we are alive and well. We are operating. Yes, we are living out our dreams even today. We dreamed, we dreamed of, of, of greater things. We dreamed of a greater day. We dreamed of, of, of a food pantry that would serve multitudes throughout this community that would serve and reach beyond our four walls. We dreamed of how we could meet the needs of people hurting all over our community. And can I tell you today, our dream is alive and well as we're getting ready to expand and build and build a new facility so that we can meet the needs of more people across this community. Let me tell you something. It was all a dream. It was all a dream. And we're not done dreaming yet. We're still dreaming. But our desperation and our dilemma birthed our dream, and we began to dream of better days. And now we dream of a day of a school of leadership. We dream of a K-12 grade school. We dream of prison ministry. We dream of state-of-the-art facilities where this message of the gospel will go to the ends of the earth. We have a dream. We have a big dream. Joseph had a big dream. And can I tell you this morning that if you're contending with trouble, God will, be, God will use that trouble not to destroy your dream, but to develop your dream. To de develop your dream. Your trouble can cause your dream to thrive. Dreamers dare to dream big. The third distinctive of a dreamer, and I'm going to close here, PL, if you'd come. The third distinctive of a dreamer is that a dreamer doesn't only dream now, but they dream big, and finally they dream again. God has designed you to dream again. God designed dreams are to be pursued with passion. But can I tell you, pain is the price tag of the pursuit of that dream. You're going to go through pain. You're going to experience rejection. You're going to go through the, pro uh, the process and way to your promise. But can I tell you something? That the same God who give you, gave you a dream will cause you, even in the midst of your problem, even in the midst of your process, to dream yet another dream. Genesis chapter 37, verse 9. Joseph dreams still another dream. And he told it to his brothers, and he said, look, I've dreamed another dream. This time the sun, the moon, and 11 stars bow down to me. So in the midst of the negativity, in the midst of the hate, in the midst of the doubt and the disparaging comments and of people not supporting you 
and people walking away from you, the people that should have had your back, stabbed you in the back, you found out. Can I tell you today that if God is for you, who can be against you? I'm a witness today, and I stand on this stage today as a witness to tell you that your best days are yet ahead of you. Keep on dreaming, keep on dreaming big, keep on dreaming, keep on dreaming now, and dream again. See, sometimes that even in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your process, things begin to become so intense that you have to dream again. You have to dream again. And I believe that God is awakening the dreamers that you might dream again. Joseph was literally stifled in a situation, in an environment of hate, in an environment of discord, in an environment of impossibilities, but he had a big dream. And you know what his dream did for him? His dream allowed him to dream his way out of his current reality. Dream your way out. God has called you to dream again. His dilemma became the catalyst for his dream. His dissatisfaction over his circumstances required him to dream his way out. Michael Jordan, the GOAT, the best basketball player of all time, we know, um, he was cut from his high school team. And he wanted to play ball so bad, he wanted to be successful so bad that he began to shoot a thousand shots every day. He put the work in and his philosophy was, I play to win and the day I stop improving will be the day that I quit. He didn't just have a dream, but he was committed to the process of the dream. I wonder oftentimes when we don't see the manifestation of the dream, of the thing that we're believing for, we're hoping for, the thing that we want to see God do in our life, the dream that God has given us that is a preview of our, the plans of God for our life. I wonder if we ex experience a little setback, if we experience a little delay, if we experience a little detour, if we give up. Joseph dreamed again. He dreamed yet another dream. Dreamers have to devote themselves to dream again. In this place today, my prayer is that God would awaken the dreamers. That he would give you sight and insight that you could see your dream come to pass as if it's already done. You see, one day, one day in Genesis chapter 50, when Joseph had been thrown in the pit, sold to slavery, he had been brought to Potiphar's house and been made a slave, a prisoner. And then he was put in the prison for, 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 with a false accusation. He began to interpret dreams. And every one of his dream was connected to a greater day, a greater future. And his dream wasn't just about him, but his dream was always connected, when you read this, to the harvest. It was always connected 
to the salvation of many souls. And so Joseph got to a point in, in his life and things came full circle. And in Genesis chapter 53, or 50, he stands before his brothers. And he stands before them boldly and he says, you intended it for evil against me, but God intended it for good. For this day, the saving of many souls. God is awakening the dreamers. He's calling you to dream now. He's calling you to dream big. He has designed you to dream yet another dream. Don't give up on the dreams that God has given you because in due season, you will reap if you faint not. Stand up on your feet all over this place today. Did you receive that as a word from the Lord today? God is going to give you dreams and visions and insight and understanding into his purposes and his plans. And these dreams are going to be the catalyst. They're going to be what sustains you to have strength in every season. This is a dream season that we're stepping into even right now. I say that as God has showed me that by his spirit in my time of prayer. All over this room, I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. We talk about this man named Joseph. And in everything in the scripture, we find that Jesus is revealed from the Old Testament to the New Testament. We find types and shadows, symbols, representations. And Joseph was indeed a representation of Jesus himself. But Jesus was a greater Joseph. Jesus, listen to this, was despised by his brothers. Jesus was exposed to evil. Jesus was loved by his father as Joseph was loved by his father. Joseph was hated for his words and Jesus was hated for his words. Joseph was promised a remarkable future and Jesus, the scripture says, looked past the cross. He endured the cross, despised its shame. And for the joy that was set before him, set down at the right hand of God. Joseph foretold his future sovereignty, his rulership over the nation. Jesus did the same. <laughs> this morning, you might be experiencing trouble. You might be going through difficulty. You might be in a difficult season, in a, in a tough place. But can I tell you something this morning? Jesus loves you. Jesus cares for you. Jesus wants to give you perspective into his plans. And your plans and your dreams cannot be separated from his plans and his purposes for your life. You cannot find joy, success, true success, and fulfillment apart from Jesus. Jesus 
has made a way for us to be brought near to him, to be brought close. You see, he, like Joseph, had a great dream. He had a dream that he might one day save a people, just like Joseph saved a people. That we would, as his people, stand before him, bowing down before him in humility and in gratitude because he has made a way that we might be saved just as Joseph's brothers were saved through what Jesus has done now we can be saved because of the dream that Jesus had God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life put your faith in Jesus today He died the death that you deserve so that you could live the life that he wants you to live. All across this room today and online, let me pray for you. I want you to put your hand over your heart and I want you to repeat these words after me. Lord Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. I've fallen short of what you've asked of me. I've lived my life the way that I want to live. But now, I want you to forgive me of all my sins. And I want to live the life that you want me to live. Lord, help me to dream now. Help me to dream big. Help me to dream again. This is my dream season. My greater days are yet ahead of me. My dreams are a gift from you and for others. Help me to be faithful, to live for you all the days of my life, that I might be a blessing to everyone I know. In Jesus' name. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And before we dismiss, I do have a prayer. We have a prayer team up here. They would like uh, to be able to pray for you and your needs. And um, as they make their way here to this altar this morning, uh, just want to give you the opportunity as the band, as the team leads us in a time of worship. If you have a need today, if you want to give your life to the Lord, or maybe you're stand, standing in the need of reconciliation, forgiveness. Maybe you've been carrying something into this moment that you don't have to carry with you as you leave this place today. I want you to come and receive freedom and healing and strength today to face the season that you're walking through.